just let my ego go. And that's, I think, something that I work on every day and every artist needs to in order to be successful. There's something to be said about having three minds, five minds coming in into one concept. You have to let go of that ego and you have to just let the song grow. Hear the neon lights buzzing, the bartender shaking up a drink, and a mic check in progress. Welcome to the Open Mic Podcast, where the backstage is brought to you. I'm Andrew De Niro, and coming onto the stage, we have Jillian Francis. spent the last decade perfecting her craft, knowing that she needed to find her voice before she released it to the world. Influenced by the thought-provoking substance and emotional pull of singer-songwriters of the late 60s and 70s, Jillian has honed in on her sound. Her debut single, Won't Be You, was released on October 29th with help from 11-time Grammy Award winner, singer-songwriter Kenny Babyface Edmonds. So you just released your debut single, Won't Be You. It, it was picked up by a few blogs. Uh, you were featured on one, um, Buzz Music LA. What was it like having your single featured on these blogs? Was this the first time that um, any of your songs had been featured on, on blogs? Yeah. So this is like the first song I've ever really released um, professionally and really seeking out the feedback and So it was a very nerve wracking, exciting, wonderful time. Um, You know, it it was really bizarre almost having, um, you know, Buzz Music reach out and they loved the single and reading the words that, you know, they had to say about my single Won't Be You was just magical. It made me feel so great that they were able to connect. Um, And even with the other reviews, the future wave and ear to the ground. Um, you know, it was, it was a really awesome and inspiring to me to keep going for sure. As an artist, sometimes when you have your work put under a microscope like that, it can be nerve wracking in some ways too. Were you, were you nervous? Absolutely. Um, it's taken me years to finally put out my first song, something that I was really proud of and, you know, something that I think a lot of songwriters and people in general have is this, you know, fear of judgment. Um, and you know, and being so vulnerable and putting these words that you've worked so hard to portray the certain moment in a song specifically in this case, you know, it's really nerve wracking to see how people are going to react to it and what the conversation is going to be around it. To many artists, it's a it's a dream to to get their work reviewed on a blog. Um, to those artists, what would be a good way for them to get the ball rolling with that and start building connections with blogs? Do you have any suggestions? You know, the, the way that I've been doing it, luckily, like I have a team behind me that I really, you know, Emily is amazing. Um, and with that, and then plus, you know, social media. 
it's, it's been a really crazy thing for me to see how promotion through social media, through building these relationships with, um, different accounts can actually be through like most, you know, buzz music came through Instagram, you know, and I had chatted and DM'd with uh, Victoria over there and she was just so sweet. And, um, that's kind of the best advice that I could give at this point is really, you know, finding people that believe in your music and, um, building those relationships. You never know what opportunities are going to come out of them. Definitely. And if I could give a suggestion on that too, you know, it's, it's so important to be genuine over social media. Um, as you said, because, you know, a lot of artists will come at you with, with like a, a written template and you can definitely see right through it. So for all the artists that are trying to reach out to a blog or a podcast, you know, I would say just be yourself and try to be as genuine as possible because nine times out of 10, people are just going to see right through your, your pre-written templates. Oh, absolutely. And also like do your homework. You know, if you really like a blog, like read the articles, figure out, you know, right. People are and what, you know, they, they like, because, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, that's in general, I mean, always be authentic in you, but also like, yeah, do your homework, know these people, like people want to be, um, introduced to you in a way that also like they want to know that they're doing a good job too. You know, it's, you don't want to be forcing your own content when you don't even know what their content is about. Absolutely. I 100% agree. On Won't Be You, you worked with Kenny Edmonds. Um, He suggested that you make a few word changes. Um, Your song used to be a, a breakup song. Or a, a love song, excuse me, but he suggested right. that you make it a, a breakup power ballad. What was that like taking suggestions from him? I, I know he's um, very successful in the music space, but as an artist, sometimes it's it's tough to to take suggestions on how you can change your artwork. Did you find it was hard to, to make those adjustments? You know, it was. It was. Um at first, like it was a, it was, it was a very interesting story and how this came about. You know, I had been working with him, but I never told him that I was a songwriter. And then when he found out, he's like, immediately send me what you have. And I send him a couple of old songs that I have in my catalog. And, and then I sent him a voice memo of this song. Um, and he immediately was like, come to the studio. I was like, Okay. So after work, I went to the studio and we literally spent maybe like an hour and a half. And he was like, well, what, you know, what does this song mean to you? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I have this idea, you know, you don't have to take it, but I think that we should flip it, flip the meaning because it will make the song more interesting. And at first I was like, you know, first of all, like Babyface is a legend. Um, in his own right and is, you know, has, he's insane. He's absolutely insane. Has created some of the best love songs of multiple generations. Um, so, you know, at first I was like, Oh well, yeah, I'm going to do whatever you say. And then, you know, when I got out of the session, which was only like an hour and a half, I was like, it kind of sunk in. I was like, Oh, like I'm changing this whole song based on mm-hmm. like three words. And I really had to take some breaths and like really 
just let my ego go. And that's, I think, something that I work on every day and every artist needs to in order to be successful because collaboration is... I've never collaborated until like the past couple years. And it's hard, you know? Um, And it's definitely something, you know, to... There's something to be said about having three minds, five minds coming in into one concept. You have to let go of that ego and you have to just let the song grow. And I'm so glad that I finally was like, you know what? If he thinks this is what's best for the song, let's try it. And the moment I changed it, the whole song and the meaning became so much more powerful. So I'm extremely grateful that I was able to put my own ego aside and do what's best for the song. Can you give a little background on Kenny and his compliments? I, I really think that would help put this into perspective and why it was a good idea for you to take his direction on this. Absolutely. So Babyface is a 11-time Grammy award-winning songwriter producer. He has written countless love songs or just songs in general. Um and like, let's see, uh, I'll make love to you. He wrote that. He wrote End of the Road from Boys to Men as well. Um, he's like R and B king. Um and he not only that has just been a wonderful, wonderful person to me and to everyone that he meets. Um and he's just he's really great. He's extremely talented. He can obviously he literally took my song and changed it. I didn't change any lyrics other than maybe like five or six lyrics of the whole song and just added Won't Be You. And it changed the whole dynamic of the song. This guy is crazy talented and has been in the industry for years and years. So definitely was a good choice on my part to take his advice. I bet you learn a lot working along someone um, with that type of musical prowess. Um, what specifically did you learn from that? You know, I learned that... I learned a lot of things. I think the biggest thing that I that really came out of that is the whole um, concept of letting go of the ego and really learning what collaboration is about. Um, and... The second thing, just in terms of structure and in terms of making a song more interesting, it's experimenting and it, and like letting myself, my guards down and being okay with someone being like, let's flip a whole song, you know, like it doesn't need to be that. I actually did a writing camp with him too. Um, so I've learned a lot from him because of, you know, that was really my first glimpse into a very professional extremely professional songwriter and what life could be like, you know, if for some reason I, for some reason, I really hope that I do, but catch a big break and, you know, and in the music industry as a songwriter, that's never been something that I, um, was, you know, for the longest time, I really just was in my room making these songs and having it as a hobby until I decided that it was time to do it professionally. Yeah, that's a that's a good transition to the question I was about to ask next. So you used to work in music management during the day, but recently you decided to focus on yourself as an artist. For 
all the artists and musicians out there that really want to give up their day job and go full time and really see what they could do in the music space, um, what words of encouragement would you give them? You know, there's something to be said about, okay, so I have, I have two things. One, there is a way to go about being a musician and not having to be a starving artist. I know that a lot of people, you know, glamorize a starving artist thing. There are ways to have a day job that's not taking up all of your time and energy. And if your job is doing that and is pulling you away from what really matters in general in life, then you need to reevaluate. And for me, I was at this perfect point where, you know, I was at a place where, especially in management, I am so grateful for the past four, five years because it's taught me a lot about the industry that I would not have known how to navigate otherwise. Um, but my job was, you know, moving into a 24 seven job of dealing with and taking care of other artists. Um, and that's where my itch started coming from of, no, I need to really focus on my art because that's what I came here to do. Um, so if you do have a day job, like don't lose focus of what's really important. Um, and if it's time to, you know, quit the day job, which I did, you know, I'm making a lot of changes and sacrifices in my own right too. Like I am moving back to Chicago. I'm living at home. Um, so I can have that extra time working part time as a virtual assistant, probably. I mean, you got to make money, you got to live your life, you know, it all depends on how much you want to, um, sacrifice the stability, you know, and if you're okay with that, go for it because it's, you know, now is the time you only get older. You only, your priorities only start shifting again. You're always evolving. So for me at 26, you know, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm from Chicago. I'm from the Midwest at one point, you know, in the next five, six years, like I'm going to want to have a family and you know, my priorities are going to change. So if I didn't do this now, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. And before this, you spent the last decade or so trying to find your voice as an artist. What does that really entail? So for me, I did a lot of that in private. So it was a lot of writing. It was a lot of figuring out not only like, I mean, it was a lot of growing up at the end of the day. Um, you know, luckily as songwriters, and if you love it enough, you're putting all of your voice and your opinions and, and your thoughts and all of your problems and crises on paper. Um, and then from there, you know, you get to, you know, experience these feelings and, and decipher what they mean. Um, so really it was growing up as a person, but then also growing up as a songwriter, because I'm like, well, what do I really want to say? What, who am I going to be not only for myself, but for, you know, do I want to be a role model? Do I want to be, you know, a Joni Mitchell? Do I want to be a Selena Gomez? You know, all of these things revolve around understanding yourself. 
Um, because music is one of, in my opinion, because I am one, one of the most authentic versions of art for me. Um, so you have to be really honest throughout the whole process of finding your voice. And that's taken me a really long time, not only to, you know, be confident in who I am and as a singer, get really proud of where I'm at as a singer, how, you know, I, and it's an ongoing process, but, um, you know, I feel like now after this long, I've finally with won't be you with the songs that are coming up, um, feel like I've found a vision for myself in terms of who I want to be, which is kind of a, a safe place because I always wanted a safe place. I needed, I, and I needed and still need safe places, um, in my community and, and knowing that like, it's okay to feel things and it's okay to be, you know, this crazy outgoing big personality, you know, it, you're allowed, you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be extremely happy and giddy and act like you're two years old for a little while, you know, like if something is exciting. Um, so that's kind of where I've, that's my long winded story of where I've come from. Um, you know, growing up in the Midwest, it was very reserved, um, town and not, not in a way that, you know, I just never felt like I was fully myself until, you know, I started really writing and I started really, you know, traveling, coming out to LA and all this stuff has helped me shape who I am as an artist and as a songwriter, if, if that makes any sense in my rambling. <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and Jillian, you mentioned some artists already so far, but specifically you say you're inspired by artists during the 60s and 70s. I, I was wondering if there's anyone specifically that you're referring to during this time period. Yeah, I, you know, I've been really lucky to work with, you know, J.D. Souther, who used to write with the Eagles, um, the Laurel Canyon era. So like Linda Ronstadt, Stevie Nicks, Joni Mitchell, Carol King. I mean, I they're legendary and they, I look up to them and their writing. I'm extremely inspired, um, by them, Bob Dylan, I studied in college. I fell in love with, he's a literary genius. Um, I'm very lyric oriented. Um, I'm just starting to learn sonically what I want to sound like and on the music front, but I've always been drawn to the story and the lyrics. Um, so people, in the seventies as songwriters really captured this like imagery based storytelling that I really love. I'm glad you said Dylan. I'm a big Dylan fan myself. So in November, I hear that you're releasing a a new single. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's called if he loves you and the song is a more empower. It's a bigger track. Because Won't Be You was very acoustic-based. It was really only a couple of things that we added to the track. This one's a bigger track. Um, it's a little bit more folk pop, um, a little bit more wordy. Um, but I love it. It's very empowering. It's, it has a groovy bass in there. And, um, you know, it's just about letting, you know, letting yourself know your worth 
Um, and of course this one is geared towards because males, like if he loves you, but I've had guys come up to me, you know, hearing the demo and just being like, Oh, I relate. You know, it's, it's a universal concept of, you know, if he, if someone loves you, if someone cares about you, you're going to know, like, don't waste your time on the people who are not giving you a call back, like, or ghosting you or don't spend any more energy on those people um, because it's just not worth it. You know, like you're so much more important than that. And you're going to find the people that give you what you need. Um, and that's kind of the basis for this song. I think that's a message that can apply to so many people's lives in 2019. So be sure to be on the lookout for that single in November. And if you haven't already, go check out the song Won't Be You that's available on all major music streaming platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, Jillian Francis. Hey, a quick shout out to the one and only Chaz Ultra for producing this podcast. Go check out his music on all major music streaming platforms.